The Amazing Beauty of Creation is brought to you by CompuKids. CompuKids is an online technology academy for kids. CompuKids offers courses like game development, coding, app development, graphic design, and animation, all especially designed for kids. The CompuKids courses are all available as downloadable multimedia ebooks. CompuKids will help you to prepare your child for the fourth industrial revolution by providing them with valuable technology skills. Support the show by visiting www.compukids.me. That's .me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Amazing Beauty of Creation. I'm your host Bilal Katrada. And I'm your co-host Talha Katrada. And today we're going to remain in the Amazon jungle and we're going to continue talking about some of the amazing yet deadly creatures that live in the Amazon. Now, previously we spoke about some really, really remarkable creatures that uh, that, that live in the Amazon, like, for example, the, the piranhas and, uh, you know, they with their uh, serrated blades for teeth and the amazing biting uh, capabilities, the strength of their bites. Uh, we also spoke about, uh, what else did we speak about, Tal? Uh, we spoke about the anaconda, the heaviest snake in the world and potentially the longest snake in the world. And yeah, finally, the, we ended off on the, the poison dart frog. Some uh, really sc- uh, frog, scary yeah. creatures there. I mean, that anaconda, I think we read, I read somewhere that its head is size of a big dog's head. And uh, that is some really scary stuff because, I mean, you look at a biggish dog, its head is quite, quite large. You know, that gives perspective. Uh, to exactly how big this the snake is. Imagine a snake with a with a head that size. Okay, so that was horrific. Let's talk about more amazing and deadly creatures of the Amazon. What what have you got lined up for to us for us today? Okay, so the first one I got for today is a fairly new discovery. Uh, it was only discovered sometime last year, uh, but I think it, it just it's a testament to show that how many deadly, terrifying creatures are being discovered uh, at such frequent rates. Now, this newly discovered species is a species of wasp. It only measures about 9.8 millimeters long, so under a centimeter long. Oh, that's tiny. That's a tiny wasp. But the thing about this wasp is that it is a parasitoid, which means it lays its eggs inside other creatures and its larvae will hatch inside other creatures and eat this creature and eventually kill it before emerging out into the world. So they'll eat it from the inside out. They'll drain it of all of its juices. Oh, that is gruesome. That's like the movie Alien, you know, where the alien lays its eggs inside humans and they, oh, it's just too violent. It is, and... There's there's a number of, of, of parasitoid wasps that we know, some of them a lot larger. But what makes this one particularly terrifying is the length and the size of, of its stinger. Now, although it's a small wasp, its stinger is almost half the length of its body. Now, a lot of parasitoid wasps, they have long stingers in order to, to penetrate other creatures. But this one, its, its stinger is also wide. It's built like that for, for additional strength. Okay, so the stinger is about half its body, you'd say about five millimeters long. 
All right. And you say it's quite thick also. So it basically injects the eggs five millimeters into the body of uh, of the prey. All right. Exactly. Now, yeah, so a- as you mentioned, it uses its, its stinger to deposit its eggs into other creatures. And like any other wasp, it, also, it can also uh, deposit venom, which can completely paralyze smaller creatures. Fortunately for us, though, this wasp's stinger I- is not strong enough to, to sting a human. Oh, fortunate. So it's, it, it's virtually, it's, it's too flimsy, it's little needle that it uses, so it's virtually incapable of stinging a person. So it, it can't, basically, it can't penetrate our skins. It can't. But don't celebrate just yet, because there are dozens of parasitoid creatures that can sting people. Oh, wow. So we just got lucky with this one. And one of the researchers that discovered this species, he says that they are discovering in this one particular region of the Amazon, they're discovering new creatures on a weekly basis. So who knows what other terrifying creatures are lurking out there just waiting to be discovered. You know what I really admire about these researchers? That knowing that there's creatures like this that are living in the Amazon... They're still there. They're still doing their research. They're still studying these creatures. I mean, think about it like this, right? You get bitten by a mosquito. You get stung by a bee. It's painful. It's ex- well, the bee sting is excruciating. The mosquito sting is is irritating. But that's about it. There's no repercussions to that. But these parasitoid uh, creatures, I mean, they lay their eggs inside of you. I mean, you know, one is you have to contend with the sting and the, the agonizing pain of it but what's worse and a million times more horrific is that a few days or a few weeks down the line you see you, you you see these things that are developing inside your skin you see these i don't know these little larvae that are that are what moving around inside your skin and then you have to take those out at a doctor or at a hospital so these researchers are, are brave i mean you know, to n- know that these creatures like this dwelling there and to still be there in search of knowledge, in search of of more different species, is remarkable. And these parasitoid uh, wasps, as gruesome as they sound, they're actually very important for, for the environment or for their ecosystem. Again, one of the researchers that discovered this species, he says that um, parasitoid wasps uh, play a vital role in controlling the population of other uh, insects and other mostly pest creatures. So by laying their eggs in them, they're actually killing a lot of them and that keeps their numbers down, stops them from uh, multiplying too much and just destroying the forest. Okay, that's interesting. So they also, uh, they sound very terrifying, but they also have... A, a purpose that they serve in. They also have a role to play in their ecosystems. Fantastic. Okay, now moving on to the next creature, something that lives in the water, and I think also this one is, is a pretty famous creature. Uh, it's pretty well known and well documented. Uh, this is the electric eel. Now, the name is incorrect in that it's not an eel at all, it's a species of fish, uh, a knife fish to be specific. And as the name suggests, it can produce electricity or it can produce electric currents. So the electric eel is actually an 
electric fish. You know, that's one of the most amazing creatures. I mean, we think we invented electricity, but this creature's had it for tens of thousands of years already. But do continue. How does it actually produce uh, electricity? Okay, so it has these six organs, which are like muscles, that, uh, or three of them on either side of its body. Now, the thing about these organs is that they take up most of the, the electric eel's body. And by flexing these muscles or these, these organs, it can generate electric currents. It, those organs are lined with these little, little cells that they use. And essentially what they do is they line up those cells and allow electric currents to flow right through them. Okay. And that's how they generate uh, electricity. Okay, so is this electricity as we know it, electron flow? I mean, you can you connect a light bulb to this fish somehow and light a light bulb using its electricity? Exactly, it's, it's electricity in its purest form. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Now, those organs, the bigger they are, the stronger current they can produce. So naturally, bigger fish produce bigger currents. And it's estimated that a full-grown uh, electric eel uh, can generate up to 600 volts of electricity. That's shocking. That is a lot of electricity. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is a lot of electricity. That is, in South Africa, that's uh, just under three times the amount of electricity you get out of a wall socket. That could kill a person, isn't it? It could. Um, but most of the time, they generate smaller amounts. They don't generate such a big uh, or large amount of electricity because it does require energy from their side. They just little warning shots. Just little warning shots. And most of the time, they use this electricity for, for hunting purposes. So just a small burst of electricity, enough to stun uh, a small fish or a frog or mammal that fell into the, the, the river. But when they are threatened by a predator or by a, a person, uh, they can generate much, much stronger currents uh, and for longer periods of time. Normally, it's just a small burst. But sometimes when they are threatened, they can maintain uh, an electric current for some period of time. And when they do it that way, they could potentially kill a person, kill a full-grown man. Uh, there was an incident a couple years back. This fisherman in the Amazon, he hooked and reeled in an electric eel. And knowing what he wa it was, he didn't want to go touch it with his hand. So he went to get probably a plier or something to help uh, free the fish. And as he turned around, an alligator or a caiman came out of the river and tried to bite the electric eel. And that electric eel, you could see it tensed up. It started electrocuting that, the alligator and it eventually killed the caiman. It was, it was quite a large alligator as well, or a caiman. But this electric eel managed to zap and kill it. What's a caiman? A caiman is, is a cousin of an alligator that lives in, in the Amazon jungle. Oh, okay. So it looks like an alligator. It looks like an, like an alligator or a crocodile, yeah. So but the eel shocked this thing to death. It did. And now, you know, there's something I'm having trouble wrapping my head around here. It's that around the early part of last century, we discovered electricity. Well, maybe towards the latter part of the, of the 1800s. We discovered electricity. Electricity has become a big part of our world. Uh, we need electricity for everything. And electricity is a very specific thing that we discovered. The flow of electrons through 
metallic objects that we use to power up things like light bulbs and uh, you know our cell phones heating elements i wonder those people that actually discovered electricity did they look at the electric eel and say well this thing generates some kind of power that we can use and then get inspired from there and and find ways to generate electricity to use or was this completely independent now as far as i know and from what i've read there wasn't that inspiration that came from the electric eel the discovery of electricity was completely coincidental it happened on its own independent of the of the electric eel i mean people looked at lightning lightning is also electricity and they did know about electric eels back in the days it's not that you know the electric eel was discovered recently and the electricity that we've harnessed and we used was also discovered independently as far as i know but still it's amazing that this amazing power this amazing technology is within the body of this creature and allah taala equipped it with special glands special organs you can call them batteries right they're like batteries so this this little creature has got batteries inside of it that can generate electricity and 600 volts of electricity is not a joke that's a lot of electricity and what's more remarkable to, to me is that it can it can vary the the level of electricity so somewhere inside it's got some kind of uh, adjustment panel where it can you know set the voltage and uh, send out a, 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 a voltage depending on the need of the time so like you said if there's a little fish or there's something bigger like a crocodile or a alligator so then it obviously it was send out a much bigger electric shock so not only does it have these batteries inside it to generate electricity but it also has the ability to adjust the voltage that it's going to send out uh, you know depending on the size of the problem that it's facing this is remarkable this is unbelievable unbelievably remarkable but now here's an interesting question right an electric eel is a living creature like you and i we touch electricity we get a shock how does the electric eel not get shocked by its own electricity good question no one knows it's a mystery how the electric eel stays so unaffected by its own currents yet that same current that it's facing could kill a creature much larger than it yet it's completely unfazed completely untouched it's it's a mystery one of the theories is that maybe it is getting shocked but it, it it's just capable of handling that shock it it can absorb the shock no problem you know why but, i doubt that the reason i doubt that is because uh, brain waves are basically electric waves right and one of the things that electricity does when it shocks a creature when it shocks if if you if you touch an exposed wire what you're actually doing is that well there's a number of things that are taking place but one of the things is that it's affecting your nervous system right up to your brain so that electricity is is basically interfering with the the nerve impulses in that organ that 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 touched it so for example when you touch electricity with your hand you you feel that your nerves are getting numb it's and that's true because 
your nerves are in a way becoming numb and desensitized because the electricity is interfering with those nerves and also interferes with your brain waves. That's why a person that's getting an electric shock, although this is a bit gruesome, you find that they spasm, right? Now, that's because the electricity is, is affecting the nerves and the nerves are affecting the muscles. So this little eel, if the electricity was affecting it, it would affect its brain. And in time, it would damage its brain also because the brain's electric impulses would all be interrupted and the creature would stun itself and wouldn't be able to think. You know what's my theory? My theory is that it's unaffected by its own electricity, perhaps because it's got some kind of insulation. The organs that generate electricity and the organs that actually expose that electricity to the, uh, to the out outer world are insulated. There's some kind of, you know, rubber layer or organic rubber layer in between so that this uh, electricity doesn't penetrate the body of the fish and doesn't penetrate the, the brain of the fish. I mean, that's not unknown in, in, uh, in, the, in the natural world. You get creatures that have special layers, special coating around certain organs to protect them. But the thing is that electricity travels through water, so you don't have to be touching an electric eel for it to zap you. You could be a few meters even away from it, and if it's a strong enough current, it will zap you. So perhaps maybe its its whole body is coated in, in some, its skin is sort of an, an insulator of sorts. But then if its skin was an insulator, I mean, I'm sorry to do this, but if the skin was an insulator, then the electricity wouldn't go out of the body. It that's would true. The so. And that's why this is a mystery. No one can understand how this creature is unaffected Truly by its own amazing. Current. Truly amazing. Allah Ta'ala has just made some beautiful, wonderful things that, that, that are just mind-boggling. What I'd like to know is that if you zap it some other how, if it's affected by that electricity, if you, for example, use a car battery to, to shock oh, it, okay. will it be affected by that or is it like all electricity is just, uh, it's immune to it? Interesting. Um, electric eel besides from, okay, so apart from the zapping and, and the shocking, it has another use, a second use for its its electricity. Um, in muddy waters, the electric eel constantly releases these very low uh, amounts of electricity, and it uses that as a radar to number one navigate around muddy waters. And electric eels, their eyes are not uh, really well developed, so they can't really see well. So they use this radar of sorts to navigate around dark and muddy waters and also to sense and detect prey items. Wow, so this creature do doesn't just have electricity, it has radar as well. Unbelievable. Truly is amazing. Uh, and both of those technologies are, are so new to us as, as a human race, as such an advanced race, yet this creature in the Amazon jungle has been doing it for who knows how long. Thousands, maybe ten th tens of thousands of years. It's impressive. It's Im unbelievable. So, I mean, radar. And the only, re only way we know about radar is because we happen to stumble on this technology. It works in a very similar way. I mean, these radar uh, systems that uh, you know, detect airplanes and uh, uh, other vehicles, ships, etc. works in a very similar way. So because we know about radar, we can equate our technology to what the, what the fish has. We can compare it. But you know what's really mind-boggling? And we're actually running out of time. But what's really mind-boggling is, what if what if creatures have technologies built into them that we don't even know about yet? 
what if they have senses that we haven't we haven't discovered ourselves so we don't know about them and perhaps they are doing some amazing things that we we don't even know about right that's that's definitely possible it is it truly is and who knows like for example birds they can navigate around the world they in huge flocks every year they travel from one part of the world to the other one and they never seem to get lost they know exactly where they're going and they know exactly how to get back built in navigation they without could, uh, satellites maybe they could they could even detect magnetic fields so they have like a built-in compass inside their heads wow it's, it's amazing and that's just one example there, there's dozens of other examples of creatures doing things that we can't explain and we can only speculate but we we don't actually know or understand how they do these things what about telepathic abilities maybe the certain creatures that have telepathic abilities where they can communicate to each other brain to brain almost like transferring a thought from one brain to another from one creature to another that's possible i mean it's possible we only you know come across that in science fiction but maybe these creatures have that maybe they have senses that we we don't even know about well we we're not quite through with uh, the dangerous creatures of the amazon uh we were supposed to discuss one more and for me this one was the really the 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 scariest hairiest of all those creatures but let's leave that for the next episode what do you say uh yeah definitely i mean there's no shortage of creatures in the amazon that we can discuss on this show so wow that's that's good because i mean on one hand it just causes the 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 hair on the back of my neck to rise and just gives me scares but on the other hand it's fascinating i mean really these creatures are so 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 amazing well that's a wrap for today's episode i hope that uh, our listeners enjoyed it and learned from it as much as we did in you know doing the research and uh, producing this uh, this uh, amazing episode of the amazing beauty of creation So that's a wrap for today's episode folks. Catch us on the next episode for more dangerous creatures of the Amazon. I'm your host Bilal Katrada and I'm your co-host Talha Katrada and this is the amazing beauty of creation.